Hello and welcome to the Bootleg Equine Behind Stable Doors podcast. I'm your host, Jess Mastrini, a horse rider, trainer, and coach, and I'm ready to bring to you an insight into other everyday questions. I'll get to the deep nitty gritty stories of other people in hopes to motivate, inform, and encourage you all on your own journeys. Today on the show, we have the wonderful and the inspirational Kathy Nostrini, and if you can piece two and two together, that is, yes, indeed, my mum. <laughs> she will be talking about her journey with horses so far, and where they've taken her, where she's taken them, and hopefully it will inspire some of you, some of you that are not still spring chickens, but in no means not capable of being out there and doing it. So here you go behind her stable door. Hi, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm really good, thanks. I'm Kathy, and I am Jessica's mum and co-writer and student. <laughs> so your motto is fun matters most. And is that what you pull into your everyday writing? Is it like, why is that your motto? That's my motto because I like to have fun no matter what I do with my horses, whether it's riding or just spending time with them or, um, you know, feeding them. And I want it to be a safe um, thing to do and also to know that my horse is enjoying its its time with me as well. Yeah, so you've got two horses. Yep, yeah. I've got two horses. My first horse is 14-3. His name's Clipper and he's a little Clyde Cross. I've had him for about 11 years now and he's a bit of a plotty old thing. And the second horse, which I've just recently uh, attained, which about two years ago, and she's a young horse at the moment. She's five going on six. So with Clipper, because you've had him for what, over 10, 10 years? Yeah, 10 or 11 years. It's a yep. long time. So he wasn't your first horse though? No. No, so Clipper was my second horse, and I originally purchased a young 14, not young, uh, actually it was an older, was 17 years old, his name was Toby, and he was a thorough, thoroughbred Welsh cross, yeah, mm. and he had been there and done that, but you know, as I was going along when I first purchased him, he used to be a little bit, he was easy to ride for me, but he was a little bit highly strung, and when things got wrong, he would bolt, and then that would make me quite nervous, and that wasn't fun. <laughs> no, 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 no. But with Clipper, so with Clipper, you, you really started doing lots of things. Adult riding club, ribbon days, even a one-day event. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I've done everything with Clipper. He was, I don't know, when I first saw Clipper, I just I just felt there was something there. He was just um, an absolute, like, he's not a stunning horse to look at. He doesn't have good confirmation, but something about his rubbery lips and his very kind eyes, and I just felt that we kind of like gel together. And even when I first got him, I used to not ride him, I used to just walk him everywhere and you know, I'd walk him up the top of my property on the windiest days under the big trees. And then I'd walk him back to the dog kennels, which was on the other side of our property. And with all the dogs running up and down the dog runs on behind the fence. And he was just, he was just took everything in his stride. And I thought, yep, he's the guy for me. He's really cool. I think we can go a long way. So how did you, because you started, you didn't start as a kid, you learned as an adult and you, you started in a riding school. Yep. So I learned as an adult, as a child, I was absolutely horse mad ever since I can ever remember. Every time a horse was around, 
you know, my, my parents would take us to the school fates and things and they'd have the pony rides and I'd be the first one there in the queue and I'd just hang around and hang around and I didn't care about the rest of the fate or anything. I'd be just, just there just to smell it, get a smell of that horse, <laughs> touch it, all that kind of thing. But um, unfortunately, we couldn't have horses when I was a child because it was circumstances that didn't allow it. And then so as time went by, you know, over the years, I can always remember, you know, I grew into a teenager and then I wanted to go on every now and again. I'd go out with friends and we'd want to go for, go for horse rides and stuff, but none of my friends ever wanted to go. So again, once again, I never really got to do anything horsey in my teenage years. And it wasn't till my daughter was around about seven years old and she was had been on a on a pony ride in a farm on a farm up in uh, Northland somewhere. She went away for the weekend and came back so ecstatic about the whole thing that uh, she nagged me for months and months and months to ride a, go riding a horse. So I did some research and found a place for her to learn. And as we were going along, I realized that that place, because she was just riding a 15 hands horse at the time, it was an Arab belonging to a lady called Heather and not that far from our property. But anyway, I realized she actually needed to be social riding with other kids her age and having a little bit more fun. And so I found her riding school at Marie Green's Equestrian over at Kumiu in Auckland, north of Auckland. And as she was going along, I thought, oh God, I just want to go riding, you know. I kept <laughs> watching her and every weekend we'd be there at the riding school. And one day I came around, I thought, you know, bugger it. I'm just gonna go and get a riding lesson myself. And from that day, I was absolutely hooked. It's funny, though, because you started on some really big horses. And ever since, you've owned very little horses, very small. But you started on, what, your typical big thoroughbreds, warm-bloody types. And then you transitioned onto a pony. Mm, mm. So how did you? How did that go in your brain? How did you decide to go from 16 to learning forward... Forward and big to 14-2. It wasn't really a matter of my choice because at the riding school, because I was always the tallest, they put me on the biggest horse. And, uh, you know, I was actually quite scared of the bigger horses and the bigger paces and the, and the speed and everything else. And But you rode a few uh, smaller ones at the school, didn't you? Yep, yep. So, yeah, they'd put me anything from 16-3 to 14-2 or 14-1. I mean, one day I can remember riding a 14-1, very broad little pony. And I actually came off him and hit my head on the rail. <laughs> Don't know what happened so there. How but... did that not put you off ponies? Instead, you went um, bought a pony. I just realised at the time it was a lot less close. It was much closer to the ground rather than <laughs> falling from sixteen three, <laughs> and the speed wasn't quite as fast. It was a little bit zippy, but anyway. But when you so you you moved from the riding school and mm. you bought your first pony, mm. did you feel how far into owning Toby did you start? doing competitions and, and pony club type stuff. Pony club, I mean pony club adult rallies and adult riding. It wasn't kids pony club that we yeah, do. Um, so when I got Toby, my first horse, I didn't actually look for a 14-2 pony. I was actually looking for anything between 14-2 and 15-2. Mm. And uh, the pony club that Jessica was going to, there was a family that was selling this this pony. And because he was quite large as a 14-2, I decided to, to buy him, give him a go and went from there. And, and after roughly, and I would do rallies at the Pony Club, adult rallies mm. at um, Dairy Flat. That was a long time ago in 2006, 2007. I would do that. I would ride with a bunch of adult riders around this big oval. And um, our, yeah, pony and then, club, our Pony Club used to be in a racetrack. 
on the grass yeah and we used to ride on the inside of it so we weren't allowed on the racetrack <laughs> but we used to ride on the inside and so I would ride around with them and that did that for several months and in in between I was going to Marie Green's equestrian once a week for like either an individual le- lesson which led on to group lessons I would take my I would take Toby there and take him up and I'd ride with a bunch of riders in a group in a group lesson and then um, eventually we changed pony clubs I went to Coatesville Pony Club and then I started doing Ribbon Days. Did uh, you do them on Toby? Yeah, yeah. I can always remember my very first Ribbon Day with him. It was at Cowcop and I didn't know what to expect and just goes to show you how naive people are when they first get their horses. But he, thinking back, he was actually not that bad. It was just me being inexperienced. But I just rode him on the inside of a group of about 20 riders and I came home with about five or six ribbons and he was quite amazing. And after that, I just got hooked. And then how long after you we moved clubs did you decide to change Toby? And, and what, what was that that instigated you to change him? Because you went from Toby 14.2 to Clipper mm. 14.3, both bays. Mm. <laughs> not, not a hell of a lot of difference. But why? What made you decide to keep going but move on to a new horse? Because I started to realise that my capabilities of you know controlling the horse in a difficult situation were not as good as say probably an experienced rider and because Toby would he would bolt um, every time my daughter's pony went past uh, he would bolt and try to take off with me and also he was getting uh, he was 17 he was 18 I think when I sold him maybe 19 I can't remember but I, I just didn't want to carry you know an older pony at that that stage I didn't want to continue to look have to you know look after an older pony I wanted to be able to then go onto a pony that was slightly younger that I could you know have more capable to ride I think also at the time we were both a lot less experienced with just management so yeah. having an older horse was yeah. a completely yeah. something that we'd not really had yeah so then you moved on to Clipper and you knew Clipper because he was so friends. He was a friend. He, I bought him through a friend of mine and she had bought him from somewhere else. She wanted to start up a riding school with ponies in it. And then, of course, didn't work out for her and she had to sell off some of her horses. And he became available. And because I'd seen him a couple of times and I kind of fell in love with him, I thought he I was really quiet, liked. yeah. And he, was, he wasn't a whole lot bigger than Toby, but he felt a lot bigger in front. He had a bigger head and a bigger neck. And just the whole shape of him, I was felt, I, I was deeper yeah. in the saddle and everything. So well, to to grab an image of him, if you're trying to imagine it, is he used to get called the little general, mm. or what did somebody else used to call him, the little sumo? Yeah, yeah, yeah the pony yeah. club, the head pony club coach. He's a, so he's quite a short, stocky little guy, but he's kind of what you'd imagine back a long time ago would pull a cart all by yeah. himself. So he's quite sturdy. But the, the the funniest part of it is you say that you moved on from Toby to Clipper because of your capabilities mm. when in fact Clipper ended up being a lot greener yeah. and a lot more to deal with and he ended up having a lot more quirks than yeah. Toby. Yeah, he did but some uh, his quietness made me feel a little bit more stable, a bit more calm mm. and you're right, he was absolutely green when I got him. <laughs> I mean, he used to run me out of the arena. I can remember going back and forward to Marie Green's saying, what the hell, what do I do? And she's telling me to put rails in front of the gate and move them out a little bit each day. And, and, and over time, it just got better. And he, you know, he was never a stunning horse to ride, but I liked riding him and mm. I felt comfortable on him. And looking back, actually, Toby was a way more athletic horse 
and I probably could actually look after him and write him quite well. I just didn't think I could at the time. Yeah. So so you say that, you know, Clipper's not the most athletic or mm. beautiful. Well, he's not. He's he's a beautiful horse. Yeah. But did you ever feel, so you went with Clipper, you really started to reach into that low-level competitions. And you tried a lot of everything, like we said at the beginning. You 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 did adult riding club, ribbon days. You even tried, a, well, it wasn't a one-day event. It was a two-day event. Yeah. And some obstacle courses, some... Did you ever do any winter series on him? You did the Wider Matter Riding Club. Yeah, you did a lot yeah, with I him. Yeah, I did. I did a lot with and him. Did you feel, because a lot of that is, and I know a lot of people will feel the same, is they won't go into it because of the judgment from other people. And you came in on this stocky little mm. general. Mm. With a big tummy. <laughs> and and I can vouch for mum. She has copious amounts of ribbons and like champion sashes, reserve champion, Stacks of ribbons. Mm. It is ridiculous how mm. many you have, especially mm. for somebody learning in their adult years. But what made you not back away from the idea of it? Because one, you were probably one of the older ones always in your ring. Yep. And you were on you weren't on a show horse, you weren't on an ex eventer or a pretty type. Mm. But what made you think, actually no, like we're we're welcome here too? So you, you were you were worthy of being in those rings and winning those ribbons. To be quite honest with you, I, I don't care what other people think. <laughs> I just go there because that's what I want to do and I want to have fun. So that's that's where your motto comes from, yeah. fun matters most. Yeah, yeah, fun matters most. And the fact that I can actually take that horse into a group of 30 horses, which I yeah. have done on many times, and he has looked after me like I'm his, you know, prized diamond. <laughs> and, I mean, I've had times when I've done ribbon days where I've had adult riders actually pin me into the corner and, you know, the judges mm. come over and piff them out. But he's <laughs> he's, he, he's, such a, he's such a cool horse. Like, you know, nothing is ever... He's, he's extremely lazy. Like, <laughs> it, it's really hard to get him going. But when he does get going, he's, he's a lovely horse to ride. Mm. And sure, he does have pony paces, but... You know, it's what I'm used to, and I decided in the early days just to keep going with this horse, even though he was green. I mean, I had a lot of things that weren't right with him at the start. I couldn't get him going, and then I couldn't get him stopping, and all sorts of things. But yeah. I just decided if I there was no point in me changing horses until I could actually learn to make this horse go mm. and do as I had asked. Yeah, and the other the other thing going back to kind of you two as a whole image, he you got you caught quite a bit of flack for his physique. Yeah, yeah. Over the years, I, I'm always having people, it's the first thing they say to me, and I actually do, do find it quite insulting how people are so judgmental about your horse or the way it looks, mm. you know, because he does have this big belly. He's like and, a, he looks like what a um, middle-aged man with a beer belly would. Yeah, yeah. But he's Mr. Dependable, so. He's really dependable. Could take him anywhere, do anything, and I don't know how many times at the pony clubs and even at the riding school, I've got to put him in front or... Yeah. You know, ride him through something because somebody else's horse is spitting out all over the place. So I guess that's how you get through the judgments because yeah. you know that yeah. he, at the end of the day, when they're struggling, yeah. he's the one that they're yeah. going to be like, oh, actually, maybe I shouldn't have said that because he's, yeah. he's the one we're all depending on. But then that's, you know, you've had him now, what, whew, 10 plus years. 2009, I think I bought Yeah, so this is your 11th year with him. And obviously yeah. he's getting on a bit now. He's just coming into his 20s. 22. Yeah, if you listen to the first episode, you'll know that we had a really big move from Auckland to Canterbury. And just before that move, you took a bit of a dive into the deep end. Mm. And you went from quiet little general 
to unbroken rising Mm -hmm. (laughs) four-year-old and we shifted to Canterbury and then her name is Billy if you follow bootleg equine you will see a lot of Billy a lot of her because I started her 2019 so last year what was it like going from a horse that you've really all you've known for the last 10 years onto such a young and and did you feel pressure from anyone that you'd made this really big decision and that maybe everybody else thought you weren't capable of it I didn't feel pressure from the public or anyone my any one of my friends Mm. a little bit of pressure from you a little bit (laughs) um now I purchased Billy simply because I wanted to buy another horse as Clipper was getting older and you know I didn't want to keep pushing him in circles and I thought to myself I could get a young horse transition onto the new horse and just take it really slow yeah Um, so I went and bought an unbroken horse for for that reason not really knowing how how difficult it could be but a little bit of pressure there because I thought well in in the long term I was just a bit scared of buying something that maybe had some problems because you just see it so often you know riders buying horses with all sorts of things and the and the the errors don't come out until you've had your honeymoon six to eight (laughs) weeks and then and then they start to get fitter and whatever and then they start to play up so I decided just to go with a horse that I could be actually mine and that I keep for a long time yeah and like how's it so it's been what you've been riding Billy now a year and year and a half yeah and rewind to your very first ride on her how much of a I don't want to say it but a slap in the face was it that you'd had made this big decision oh god it was such a slap I can remember getting on her the very first time and I was literally shaking my legs were shaking my buttocks were shaking and it was like I love this horse so much because I'd already made a bond with her, but riding was just a completely different thing. And the fact that she was so forward moving compared to my little old clipper, I thought to myself, oh gosh, I hope I can do this. And, you know, the little negativity creeping in in the back of my mind think, was saying to me, well, if you can't do it, you can always sell her. But then as I was going along, I had several rides and, you know, under the instruction of Jessica and it all went fine. Um, I ended up having to change his saddle and going into a Western saddle because the saddles, we had some saddle problems to start with. And initially we only rode, I only rode her at a walk. I don't know, probably for the first two or three months, really. In fact, no, no, you're, by your second ride, you had trotted. Yeah, but I didn't canter her for a long no, time. No, you, you hadn't, you didn't really dive into that kind of stuff until you had your Western saddle, which was mm. a few months after. Yeah, after your first but ride, she was put out anyway for the first. Yeah, I think I had a few rides on her, and then I didn't. She was put out for three months or four months. Yeah. yeah, well, even going back before then as well. So I remember when going back when we got our first youngster, Summer. And I remember myself posting a photo up on Facebook for everyone to see. And I was so worried about what people were going to think that I had a young horse. Did you feel the same when you put Billy up? Because she was young at the time. Yes and no. I, I Not too much. People were... I just... As I was going along and, you know, I had a horse for so long, I thought to myself, well, if they can do it, so can I. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it just I just thought the whole idea of just getting the horse and doing it slowly was quite good because there's no rush and you can't rush horses anyway and you wanted to enjoy the whole process as well because that's what you've yeah. done with clipper for yeah 10 11 years you've enjoyed all of it yeah you've done exactly what yeah. you wanted to do yeah. and so now fast forward to present mm. couple weeks off your last show actually you've done two shows so far this year 
Yep. And you've done them on your I've youngster, done them on, on, on my Billy. New, new young girl, Billy, yep. Yeah, and it, did you go in with an expectation because you'd done it for so long on Clipper? Was there... Obviously, it's a very different place in Canterbury. The showing scene is very different to Auckland. In Auckland, you have your geriatrics ring, the master's ring, and it's all fun. You have Vintage. Your, yeah, your <laughs> vintage as, as a polite one. You have your wine trail and your grandma's mountain. Yeah. But with Billy, the shows down here... They're a little bit more formal down very here. Very more A&P based. Yeah. So, yeah, I was a little bit more nervous. But then again, I think I was just nervous because I was also riding her in a green ring. Mm. And in my mind, I thought they would all be green horses. Mm. And they probably are. But, you know, you can get into some of those rings and the horses can just do whatever they want to do. And you've got to be mindful of your own horse and yourself and other riders. It's not just about you. Yeah. And your first show, so (laughs) your first show was the green horse ring on her. And you pitched up and it was Western Tack allowed. So Billy was at that point completely decked out in Western gear to custom bridle, custom saddle, yep. blingy little brow band. And I, I mean, I thought you guys looked really lovely. And then you got to the show and it was full of show ring people, makeup, yeah. Yeah. everything. So I went into that ring feeling quite inadequate and uh, the fact that she had never been to a ribbon day before. And it, and it was really her first outing. It was a big a ring too. It was, it was a big ring. Uh, how many was there? I think it was about... 14. 14, yeah, there was 14 on riders. It was a big 14 class. riders, and they're all decked out, these women. Most of them were younger than me anyway, and, and they had their jackets on and their pretty white shirts and stocks. and Red lipstick. And, and they <laughs> had their hooves painted with black paint, and they all looked very charming and dashing and, and when all you, the rest of it. When but, you saw that, did that make you... Yeah, I did. I felt like a spectacle because there I was with Billy. I, my GP didn't fit her. So I went in my Western saddle, which fitted her quite well. And, of course, she looked very tidy and very clean and everything. And I I, I washed her legs and her white socks and everything. She looked gorgeous. But I was the only one in a Western saddle. So I did feel a little bit out of, you know, a little bit like a... Like a thorn. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Just like, I was like sticking out a little bit. And then that would have been, that was in August. Mm -hmm. And then you've just done your last show last weekend last sunday yep. so a week ago which makes it october it yep. was an october show and after that first one it didn't didn't make you turn around and think well oh no i've got to go look in the part i can't go on my western gear i can't and you so you went in your western gear this time you went in a show jacket so this time so we this time it was the royal equine royale. mini mini yeah. royale sorry equine mini show and i just had already because I'd already done one show in my Western saddle, it just became the norm for me immediately. I so mean, you stop worrying I, I, about I, I don't. I actually don't dwindle on those no. things. I don't really care. I mean, it's just a saddle. Um, I did, you know, ask the um, show coordinator if it was allowed, and she said yes, green horse ring, so that's yeah. fine. This time I went in all my Western gear, but I did put my, you know, my English riding jacket on the tie, and, and yeah. my white jodhpurs this time, and so I look quite tidy. And she did really well. We were actually this time we were actually riding in the main reserve where everybody was riding. So they had different small amounts of small groups of the different classes in the same location. So we had another, I don't know, ten riders doing circles on the right side of us. I found that a little bit hair raising because as I'm going one way, they're coming towards us, mm-hmm. and she's kind of riding along, looking at them as if to say, 
hang on and every now and again her ears would go back onto the back of her her neck because it's like nah I don't want to do this mum but she just kept going and she was really good you know but, just... yeah, but say, say so were you I mean you did you placed four out of five classes you came second in the rider class against somebody that that rides high classical dressage in a ring of what eight or nine people yeah not only that you then got into the champion round yeah and you Essentially, you came third because yeah. only three of you made it into the champion round, and that for your both of your second show together mm. in that attire, in that gear. If you had to tell, we you're part of an adult riding club now. If you told that to a few of the ladies, they'd probably shake their heads. Yeah, they probably would because they'd always see me on this, you know, little old, <laughs> yeah. little old like shagadelic little pony that I used to ride and. But what I haven't said about Clipper is even though he is a very calm horse, when he blows up, he he could spin me out and turn me around and he's bolted mm-hmm. on me a few times as well. So you kind of just learn as you go along with, with your different horses and you know what the buttons are with them. I'm still trying to learn billies at the moment. Uh, for instance, we did a just a hack day today and we went for a, a road ride up, up the road and we were just riding along and we were going along on hard ground and all of a sudden it just became like a soggy wet strip of grass on the side of the road and she just like dropped her head and started backing me up and I just kind of almost panicked but I sat back and said no you have to stay calm (laughs) at one stage I remember having to say to you what do I do now (laughs) just sit there okay fine but you know she got over it and it's like anything you just have to give them time and and let them see things and expect them to have some kind of reaction. Well, not a big reaction, but have even if it's a passive reaction, even if they don't even do anything, it's still a reaction because yeah. they don't do anything yeah. and be okay with it. Yeah, yeah. And then, because it, it, it's quite a big change. Yeah, it is a big change. And I'm still learning the change as well. But like, you don't, you, you don't, I mean, you don't act like it, but you don't feel like you're out of your your depths doing it no no because no. I know over the last 10 years with Clipper you had a, a lot of moments of doubt I was there for yeah yeah and I wanted to sell him on because I couldn't get him going and stuff like that he was very very lazy needed a lot of leg and all the rest I mean I used to ride him at spurs and so what changed with Billy because with Billy it is you know if you you had a reason for feeling like maybe you are in over your head Mm. What actually changed for you? Um, as when, when we first bought her, I had made up in my, my, my mind that if she... Because I didn't know what she was going to be like until she was broken. Mm. And she was quite sassy when we first looked <laughs> yeah. at her. And I could just see that she had this lovely nature and she had these kind eyes and she liked being around me. So yeah. it's a bit of a two-way partnership. If that, It's all like person you know when someone likes you and they mm. don't so it's the same with a horse yeah yeah and you you're obviously I mean I'm proud of you <laughs> I'm incredibly proud of you but are you proud of yourself that you've you know you learned in your 40s you went from a pony that was explosive to a small horse that was very green mm. but quiet and you now on your own producing your own young horse like how proud are you yourself yeah I'm really proud and it's just a wonderful feeling to know that you can actually do things and you've done it on the horse and that you haven't actually bought the horse from someone else who's actually taught how to do everything yeah and it feels like um it's really positive reinforcement to yourself as a rider and an owner 
that you can actually care for the horse and then take it somewhere and then trust it to do yeah. things for you. And it's the small things with the young horse as well. I remember your first time taking her to the forest, even her, the way you got her to load up on the float, you were mm. just beaming from ear to ear. Yeah, yeah. Because I just uh, went in there thinking, no, she's just going to get on. So it was a little bit of positive attitude. And I know in the past we've had other ponies that haven't just gone in. But I must say, I just know that she trusts me. So, But that, yeah, her, her being so easy comes from you having that attitude and yeah. staying positive and being able to come away from everything so positive. And don't forget that I have walked her through the forest. I didn't just get on her. I took her to the forest. I walked her around the reserve. I took her in and out of the forest. And I just from walking her on the ground, I knew she was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's been a few moments like for instance you know the first time we had riders coming into our property and had decided to bring her to the adult rally and she wasn't used to seeing other horses in our property in mm. her arena and she was rearing and carrying on all over it the place it was like carrying a kite on the end of a lead yeah and at that stage i was on the ground i was thinking oh my god yeah. <laughs> what have i got myself into but i know i know personally that it'll be the same for you but when you you say you took her to the forest the first time on foot do you now, when you go out and you, like today, for example, out on the road, do you have moments where you think, I've gotten us this far? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. yeah, I do. Yes, I have those moments. But then I have moments where I think, ah, oh, when things are going wrong, I just want to get off. And then, but I've just had to change the way I think about things. For instance, when I first started riding her, she wasn't easy and I still don't find her easy. That it is a mental attitude if I don't change it and check myself that I'm never going to be able to do anything. So it's either change your way of thinking. Yeah. And if you do that, it's amazing how quickly things turn around. And become fun, which is, again, your yeah. motto. Fun yeah. matters most. Yeah. So that's, that, I mean, that really sums you, your yeah. whole overview up. And with, with Billy, you've been to a couple of shows now. Yeah. You know, where do you want to go from her? Because next season you, you get a year older. Yeah. And you're, you're against very young people. I would probably be more shows. I'd love to do maybe some cowboy challenge and yeah. obstacle courses. I think she's really good with those kind of things. Uh, what else? And maybe some CTRs, maybe some low-level CTRs to begin with, and I'll just see how she goes with those. I really want to get her socialised more with horses, mm. uh, different horses than aren't from her own herd, because mm. she can get, like I said, she can get a bit sassy when there are different horses around. But I already noticed that at the last ribbon day, when I had to go up and get my ribbon, by the time I got the third one, she was standing there like a little lamb. She <laughs> was, you'd think she'd been doing it all of her life. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's really cool. All right. So a couple fun questions for mm. the, to wrap us up. Mm. Um, what is one horse that you've ridden that has really influenced you the most throughout your riding career so far? Clipper. Clipper, yeah. Mm, mm. yeah. Because he was green, and when I bought him, because he was quiet, I didn't associate quiet with green. So, of course, he needed to be exposed to a lot of things, which mm. he wasn't. I know that he originally had been taken through the forest a few times, but he definitely was not schooled. And like I said, I used to take him to the arena, and he used to run me out the arena gate, mm-hmm. all sorts of things. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And now I'm just totally in love with this new horse, but I love them both. Yeah. That, yeah, I love them differently, but I, you know, I couldn't be without one without one or the other. Yeah. Mm. Ah, cool. And then the last question is: if you could try any other discipline, any other discipline, mm. what would you try? 
Barrel racing. Barrel racing? Yeah, but I'm just not gutsy enough for that. And I'm too old. If I, if I came off and crushed nah, my bones, I just never probably... say never. <laughs> You're out there doing shows. No yeah, you might have you. to get a few um, wines in me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Start with a wine trail and move yeah. on to the barrel racing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and telling us all about your story with your horses and what you're doing and if is there anything you want to say to people that are listening that maybe they're in the same position you were adult yep. riders learning and um i've just first of all like to thank you for inviting me onto this uh pod show this podcast i would like to say to other adult riders that you know get to know your horses spend time with them don't just drag them out of the paddocks when you want to ride them Go into the paddock, sit there, eat your sandwiches, talk to them, sing to them, do whatever you want. And I tell you what, they will just melt in your hands and they will trust you a lot more. Try anything, see what your horse really is like because when you try different things, you know what they're capable of. If you stick to the one-off thing, they they do get bored. And if you stick to, you know, like just riding in the arenas and stuff, you're not going to grow either. You need to do lots of different things. And you grow with your horse by doing that, by just, you know, going and doing things together. So that's about all I could say. Cool. (laughs) And one more thing, who cares about your age? You know, you have to live life every day while you're alive. So spend all the time with your horses. Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you very much. And that is the end of this segment. Great. A mega thank you to Kathy for coming on the show. Thank you, Mum. It's not easy sitting behind a microphone. <laughs> that is all we have time for today. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, if you're on your phone or your computer, screenshot it and share it and tag Bootleg Equine NZ. If you think you would like to come on the podcast or you know of someone that should come on the podcast, please get in touch. You can message us on Bootleg Equine NZ on Instagram, Bootleg Equine NZ on Facebook, or email bootlegequine at gmail.com. Remember, everybody loves to be a little pervy on a stranger's story. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one.